Hey y'all, welcome to College Gathering. My name's, my name's Alexis and I'm part of the senior team here at Redeemer College. Yeah, so we just wanted to say thanks for coming. We're glad you're here. And I'm just gonna pray for us before Brandon comes out here and speaks. So if you bow your heads with me. Father, we just thank you for tonight, Lord. We thank you for those words. Um, it is done, it is finished, Lord, that we um, proclaim those, Lord, um, through your son, Jesus, Lord, that um, that's our truth, Lord, um, that we do not deserve that, Father, but we get to humbly and graciously receive it, Father, through the cross, Lord. So, yeah, we just thank you and praise you for your son, Lord. I uh, just pray over tonight, Lord, as uh, Brandon comes out, Lord, may we just have uh, listening ears and hearts just eager to follow your truth, Lord. Um, we thank you for Jesus in his life, Lord, how he walked on this earth, Lord, that we get to look at him as the perfect example of what a friend should look like, God. So as we um, speak and learn about friendship, Lord, and how we can serve each other and love each other best, Lord, can we, I just pray that we look at Jesus, Lord, as that um, perfectly and um, just awesome example, Father. So we praise your name and we love you. Amen. 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 Thanks, Alexis. How we doing? Dude, I, God, I'm so pumped. Um, I was devastated with the weather last week. Now, get me wrong. We tried to build a snowman in our backyard, and my dog kept running it over. We have a 70-pound or 90-pound Alaskan husky who was like, I was built for this, right? Doesn't get a lot of those. So I enjoyed it, but I was super sad that we didn't get to gather. And so um, I was telling our leaders a couple weeks ago during our DNA day um, and kind of come back that I always have like this anxious feeling whenever the semester rolls around um, where I feel like I almost want to throw up all the time. Um, and then when I'm like in it, it just turns to excitement. So if I yell a lot tonight, you just know you're in a safe spot. All right. It's just where we are. And so for the, for where we're headed this year, I'm just super glad that God let me get, lets me get to do this with you guys and gals and just to see what God is going to do here. We have prayed big things that God would do big things, not just in our church, but from this place that God would send us to our campuses um, and that there would be a movement of the gospel that goes forth. We believe, like, like we were naive enough to believe a sovereign God can do that, right? No? I, maybe I am. Like, I believe that God can do that. I believe that he can bring people from death to life because he's done it for a lot of you guys in this room. And he's calling us into something cool this semester. And so let's just, we're going to pray big things for this. And here's where we're going to go for the next four weeks. We've got this series here that we've entitled, It's Complicated. And we're going to be dealing with relationships. And so the next four weeks, we're going to look at these relationships. We're going to look through the eyes of friendship. We're going to look at uh, dating. We're going to look at parents. And we're going to look at marriage. Um, and so there's going to be, uh, for the four weeks, you can hear four different voices talk about these things. You're going to hear uh, some of our other pastors from Redeemer come up here and talk about how we do these things. Not just, not just how we handle them, right? Um, my goal here is not to give you seven steps to your best friendship now, okay? That's not what I think, because I think we can follow those steps, right? 
Um, we can do those things really rigidly. Um, we can lay them out before us and still not experience the fullness of, of what God has for us in our relationships. Like anybody can try to just say, hey, I'm just going to have really good friendships, right? But there's something different that the gospel is enabling us and the gospel offers us staying power to make what we so often want to complicate in our brokenness actually able to fulfill and actually be simpler, right? Like this is what the gospel has called us to and actually enables us to. And so if you ever said that sentence to someone, when they ask you how your friendship or a relationship is going and, you're, and they're like, hey, how's it going with so-and-so? And you're like, well, it's complicated. Anybody ever said that? That used to be, I'm gonna date myself here, um, on Facebook, right? Because that's what I used to use. Um, there was actually like on relationship status, there was like this thing you could check off that was like relationship status, it's complicated right? Um, and this is, like, this seems to be, I had several conversations in our office. I'm like, hey, how's that roommate situation going? It's complicated. It's good. It's complicated. It's not good. It's super complicated. And I think there's so often in our own experiences, we bring into this something that God is saying, hey, I've got, I've got this simple way that's actually going to bring life and joy to you. And the gospel is going to lay that before us today. And now let me be really honest with you. Because um, I try to be that from here. I never want to picture myself as a guy who's got all this stuff figured out. Listen, I, this message was super hard for me to write. Super hard. Because listen, the reality is I suck at friendship. I just stink at it. I'm not, I'm not good. Uh, I'm an introvert, right? Any, any introverts out there? Like, it's like not raising their hand. Like, that's like. Like I, at my core, I think it's a lot easier for me to just get a book, be in a corner, shoulder all my burdens, not really share anything, and just kind of do this myself. Like I can kind of fix myself. And so, so what is happening as I was studying this, and, and our team found this out, we do a sermon lab every Thursday and kind of roll out what we have and then just get it fed back to us. Like, no, you change a lot of stuff. It's really, no, it's really helpful. I'm just joking. It's really good. But what I found was I found myself believing these things that I was writing down and believing these things that were in the Bible, knowing these truths were good and that they'll actually help me pursue Jesus more deeply and actually stir my affections for him. But the knowing and then the actually walking in that truth were like a chasm for me. Anybody else? Anybody else ever been there? Like, you know the truth. Like, maybe you're walking in here, and you, you've been in church your whole life, and you can just spout off all those Bible verses. But knowing that and then walking in that truth, walking in that freedom, like, there is a chasm often. And Cody was in Sermon Lab, and he said, he said, here's the thing. Like, why should we even care about this? And I was like, that's a great question. Because at the end of the day, I can sit in my corner, I can get on another relationship series, I can go listen to another podcast, I can go to another, like, like this is the time. I think every college ministry everywhere in the country is doing a relationship series. So why is another one worth it? Why should we have been here? Because I think this can all just become white noise, or we can trade out the 35-minute sermon for our 20-second expert on TikTok. So, so why is that? And, and listen, 
I, I think that we have to, to get here, and we're going to get to this why in a minute, but I think we've got to understand like what we're going to talk about tonight and over the next four weeks, there's not a quick fix to this. Like there's not this, hey, I'm going to do these things and all my relationships. Man, I'm not going to be angry anymore when my roommate leaves all the dishes in the sink just soaking there. I, I'm going to, I'm not going to, I'm going to, this is going to be a great, I'm, I'm not going to freak out about that text message that I sent and it didn't come back in like 4.7 seconds. I'm not going to be consumed with, do they hate me? Do they like me? Like, like, what is that? Like, this is not a quick fix, but over the next four weeks, we're going to examine these relationships. And here's the thing, these are not separate things, right? It's like, oh yeah, I'm just going to do friendship good. These, these are not separate things, but these are reflections of Jesus, of the Father, and the Spirit. And I think we so often want these. Like at the core of us, we want good relationships. We, we want to walk in good relationships. But how often, believer, does your relationships just look like everybody else? Like if we're to pray these things for God to do these mighty things on campus and do these mighty things in our city and raise up those of you that will go to the nations and those of you that will see unreached peoples hear the gospel and those of you that will be a part of church planting teams and you will leave here and you will go get a job and you will serve a church faithfully. Like if we're gonna see that happen in our generation, it's gonna take believers who believe the gospel and allow it to close the chasm between knowing and walking in the truth. And that's what we hope to do here is that we can walk in these things. And so we're not going to solve all our problems when we walk out of here. We're going to try to resource you really well online and through our social media, like give you resources to walk. We're not going to, we're not going to solve all relationship problems. We're not going to help you find a girlfriend, guys. All right, that's not what this is about. But here's what I want to teach, and here's why I think this is so important, because as you look around this room, you are not alone in this struggle, right? You're not alone in, in this struggle of trying to complicate things that God has given us simplicity and fulfillment in. That you're going to see men and women that struggle. And listen, I hope this brings you encouragement because this is where the gospel comes into play that allows us to be where we're at and trust the Lord and move on from there. And that even as we try to make things more complicated than God had intended them to be, we take God's design for relationships and we twist them into rubber bands of anxiety and fear and indecision. The Bible speaks of a way to navigate those complexities that don't end up with us burning everything to the ground. That, that don't allow our hurts and our past wounds to inform our current direction. You see, the gospel, that truth of Jesus that friend that is closer than a brother, that one who came and lived that life that was perfect submission to God. He died the death that I deserved. He absorbed the wrath intended for me. And then he rose again three days later. Like that gospel has something to say about how I live here and now and how I navigate relationships. So if you're wondering why you should even care, because Jesus cares cares deeply about you walking in this, cares deeply about you. And because friendships, like deep lifelong friendships are only meant to help us know and love 
Jesus more. And so let's dive in. We turn your Bible to Hebrews chapter 10 is where we're going to be. And that's kind of setting up for the stage of this next four weeks here. So it's where you're going to hear from us. And, and so here's what I did. I went on a deep, deep dive around Twitter because Twitter is my, my world that I love to be frustrated in. If ever I just want to be mad, I go to Twitter. And here's what I did. I deep dive and I pulled out a few of these tweets about friendship um, that, that I wanted just to share with you. So here, let's pull up a few of these, okay? Uh, no more energy left in me to save a friendship or relationship. Y'all come and go. I don't care anymore, right? Been there. All right, the next one. At the end of the day, friendship is supposed to be comfortable, fun, and beneficial. They don't need to be uncomfortable. They don't need to be painful, and they don't need to be dramatic. Now, there's some truth in that, right? We're going to expose a little bit. Next one. I should really stop crying over failed friendships. It's sad for that person. And the next. Broke off a one-sided friendship day. I'm so proud of myself for putting myself first. And so... So here's the deal. Like, as I'm looking at that, and as I'm reading those things, I'm like, there is truth in there. It's just incomplete, right? Like, there's some truth to that. It's just incomplete. And if this is all that we're consuming all day long, if we're getting our expert from TikTok, and in those just 20 seconds, like, if this is what we're consuming, it's going to inform how we do relationships, and so we got to look to the scriptures here and how I should really be diving into these things. So Hebrews 10, 24. Let me give you a little background for this text because we're going to go here later in the semester. The writer of Hebrews is talking about the, the design of the church and what the church is meant to be in this fellowship of believers and why we shouldn't forsake this stuff. And look what he says in 24 and 25. And let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. You see, the reality is that we are all dealing with this. We are all dealing with relationships, that we were created for relationships. We were created to stir one another up to love and good works. We were created for community and we have an innate desire to know and be known. Like, have you ever felt that inside of you? Like, there's a desire to know and be known. But what so often happens in our world is that we take these things that were good, that God created us for. Like, we were created in his image. Do you get it? Like, the image of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, completely unified in themselves, in complete fellowship, in complete community with each other. There was no need there. God did not create us out of a need that he needed fellowship, right? It wasn't the need that he created. We were going to glorify him through this creation. There's going to be worship from us to him. But if we were created in his image, we were created for this purpose to have relationships. But like in everything, when sin enters in, we tend to make those good things ultimate. We tend to make those things and we twist relationships trying to find fulfillment in another person and we end up making that relationship ultimate. Or we get hurt so bad because we put ourselves out there that we just retreat to our own comfort zones of social media and other outlets that help us find that connection where we can keep people at an arm's distance. Am I speaking truth? Thank you. 
Thank you. That encouraged me. We got to have a little feedback here, man. That charismatic in me is coming out. Listen, the past 20 years have taught us anything. And I don't think it was, you know, during the pandemic or any of that stuff. I think it's the past 20 years of life has, has exposed in us a friendship famine. Like as individualism has increased in our society. And, and individualism has always kind of been present in West Texas. It's just who we are, right? Like we did it by our bootstraps and we did, you know, I took care of it. Like we're just kind of individualistic in our mindset. But as it has increased and social media has become more a part of our daily lives, social bonds of friendship are decreasing. Like you may walk in here and you may not feel lonely here tonight. And my goal is not to go, but you really are lonely. Like that's not what I'm trying to say here, okay? Like I'm not trying to say that. But you may walk in here not feeling lonely. And, and all I'd ask you to do is just to take a step back for a minute and evaluate the depth of your relationship. This is to evaluate where you are. Like evaluate what those relationships look like and where you would say they are. Or maybe you've come in here tonight and you are on the other side of that. You are incredibly lonely. Like you just kind of go to class and you go to work and you go home and you don't feel like anybody ever sees you. Like what is the source of that loneliness? I think it's easy for us to run from thing to thing and never just slow down for one second and go, man, is isolation my issue? Is past hurt the reason that I keep people at arm's distance? Am I retreating into what's just comfortable for me? Because if we were to look at true friendship, like it's gonna take risk and sacrifice it's going to take acceptance. It's going to be built around something. I think, I think friendship is meant to point us to our highest happiness through both sacrifice and acceptance. Like friendship is meant to point us to our highest happiness, both in sacrifice and in acceptance. Like that highest happiness when we can sacrifice for our friends, that highest happiness that we're accepted. Like when we're walking in that, like we're examining these areas of our lives and going, is this true of where we are? And I think so, so if we're all navigating this, we're all navigating what we need versus what's natural, what's easy for us to do versus what God is calling us to. If you were to examine, especially guys in here, like you were to examine, like, I got all good friends, man. We talk about sports and music. Get that, man. It's like my dad and I's relationship, right? It's like tech basketball. We talk about, about like, is, is that the depth that we're pursuing? Is the gospel, is that what the gospel's called us into? And, and so here's what I want to do tonight. Like, I just want to look at three things of why I think friendship, true friendship matters and why it matters for us today. And so the first one is this. Friendship points us to the gospel. Friendship points us to the gospel. Look at John 15, 13 here. John 15, 13. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. Like this is the gospel that, listen, God doesn't just forgive us in Christ, right? Yes and amen to that. 
yes and amen that he forgives us in Christ. That when we put our faith and trust in him and in the gospel, like we are forgiven, wiped clean, yes to that. But here's where my problem was with God growing up, is that was where it ended. And there was a fear there that God was perpetually disappointed with me. Like, yeah, I saved you, but you're kind of annoying. But actually, God invites me into this, that Jesus' act on the cross of John 15, 13 is true, is a sacrifice for friends. Like, it is the greatest act of friendship that history has ever known. That he would lay down his life for those who would crucify him, for those who at best were enemies of God and blasphemers. That he would lay that down and that, here's the thing, he doesn't just save us, he actually likes us. Like friendship is designed to give us a glimpse into eternity. So when we make this about ourselves, when we make friendship, this is how we complicate it. We make these things about ourselves. What we are doing is making things more complicated because we need our needs become paramount over gospel encouragement. Our needs become the end all versus empowering people in the gospel. I mean, think about it. When we make, when we make friendship about our needs, or we're gonna go, or we're gonna do better, right? Like maybe some of you guys had this New Year's resolution. I was watching some YouTube videos about some people around friendship, and they're like, "This year, I'm just gonna do better." I mean, we're like, you know, a few weeks in. I just want to text that guy. And go, how's it going, bro? He's doing better. Like we're doing better, or become codependent on the relationship to give me only what the gospel can. I am setting myself up for a complicated path that becomes more and more tricky to navigate. And so I have all these things that run through my head. Am I easily offended? Am I going to be consumed if they don't text me back? Am I placing my hope and trust in that friendship more than I am in Jesus? And then we just become balls of indecision and fear and anxiety. When those all, when what was meant to point me to the gospel becomes the end in and of itself. But friendship leads me to this path that I so often forget that the end of all of this for the believer, like the end when God calls us home or returns, the end of all of this is eternal fellowship with God. Like that's beautiful. And friendship here gives us a glimpse into that reality. There have been times in my life where I've sat around the dinner table with friends and we have had good conversation and there's been good steak and there's been good wine and fruit juice um, that has been shared and I just push my chair back and I just sit and just look and it's like Like, do you know what God's doing at that point? He's given me a glimpse into how it was meant to be. He's given me a glimpse into what he's reconciling unto himself. 
Like it's those moments that he's going, this is what it's like in eternity when all the brokenness and all the sin and all those ways I complicate it, this is what it's going to be like only a thousand times better. Like do you take those moments in your life to just sit back and enjoy what you have in your friends? That they point us to the gospel, that we were created for community, that if we were made in God's image, he is not solitary, and that longing for deep connection and deep friendship is in our DNA. And here's the thing, we won't flourish without it. We won't flourish without it. Because, listen, there is joy in shared experiences, right? Like, have you ever been, have you ever gone to somebody, hey, have you seen this movie? We need to go see this. It's so great, right? Like, you get to share that with somebody and invite them into that, right? Have you listened to this album, man? Like, that happens all the time at our office. It's like, have you heard the new Taylor Swift album? Like, right, Libby? That's right. Like, that goes on. Like, Like, there's joy in that shared experience. What's your favorite song? What was your favorite part of this? Like, there is joy in that. Rushing the court last night after we got our first Big 12 win, right? There's like joy in that, man. Like, you see that stuff. Like, this is meant to point us to the gospel because the gospel of Jesus is reconciling us to himself. And he's reconciling all things to himself. He's given us a glimpse into that. And it points us to the gospel. Second thing, second thing, why we need true friends. The second point is friendship is the height of happiness. It is the height of happiness. Jonathan Edwards, one of my favorite old dead pastors, man. He's a hero of mine, but he says this, the well-being and happiness of society is friendship. Like think about how you define happiness though, because that's a tricky word. Like if you, are your friendships meant to make you happy all the time? Like, are they meant to be no uncomfortability, nothing that's going to stretch me, nothing that's going to, like, it's just going to be all joy and every, like, like, I don't think that's what he's talking about. But let me compare it to this. Let me compare it to, to running. Where are my runners at? All right. Joy, yeah, yeah, there's some, yeah, 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 that's me. I'm, 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 I'm entering into this running phase again. And here's what I'm having to do, like. I was like, I'm going to set a personal goal for myself, right? I'm going to run a half marathon this year. Like, makes me want to throw up just saying it. But that's, that's my goal. That's my physical goal for this year. And so I'm learning how to run because I haven't run in like four years, right? My last running trail was in Colorado, and there was like Pikes Peak, and that's just different than running in Lubbock, all right? So I'm having to like think about running again. Because I really hate it sometimes. Like, I hate the process. I hate getting out of bed at 5.30 or 6 in the morning. I hate stretching. I, I just, like, I would rather right now just stay underneath the covers. Anybody, right? You're like, I wish I was there right now, Brandon. <laughs> Hurry it up. But when I'm running, I'm, like, thinking about actually, like, breathing, right? I'm like, <laughs> think about breathing. Thank you, Nike Run Coach. But here's what I know. Like, here's what I know. Running for the last month or so is that I know this. When I am done, I'm going to feel accomplished. 
Like when I have done the hard thing and my feet have gone numb and I can't feel my legs and I, I, get, I get to the end of whatever run that is, the pain in that moment is going to lead me to a more healthy version of myself. It's going to lead me to a more mentally engaged and stronger person. Like I get that. Like how similar is that to friendship? Like the Hebrews had these two words, really three, that led to what what we would call agape, and they were raya and ahava and dod, but we'll talk about dod when we get to marriage. But raya and ahava were these two levels of friendship, right? And this raya is where, so, where we love to linger so often, is we love to linger in the, hey, I know you, you know me, we got some cool things in common, like maybe we hang out at the wreck, or we go lift, or we do, or, you know, we do whatever, we go out to eat every once in a while, like, yeah, we kind of like each other, and that it's cool, it's fun to hang out, but there's really no depth to that. There's some shared interest. And there's another level that says ahava, and it took to this next level where you opened up the trunk and you started unpacking all the baggage that you have. And they looked at you and said, I know what you've got. You know the baggage I bring, and I ain't going anywhere. Like, I'm here. I'm here in this. Like this is the height, this is it. When you, your friends are not always going to make you happy, right? You're not always gonna agree with them on everything. But those moments when you've gotta lean into hard conversations, when you've gotta actually communicate, like what is gonna happen is it's gonna lead to deeper bonds of joy and freedom. And those moments, those moments that we are, where we are reconciled in the midst of conflict, given us a glimpse in the reconciliation that Christ purchased for us on the cross. When he laid down his life for us. And listen, there are some of you in here that have experienced this, right? Where you've had conflict and it has led to communication and that communication has led to deeper levels of intimacy and not, not physical or sexual, but just intimacy when it comes to friendship because you've been through some stuff together. You've been in it, and it's led to deeper happiness. Really, conflict is not evil. It's something that we love to avoid. In our society, disagreement is like the height of hatred. You know, disagreement creates dialogue when done in humility. And when done in humility and from a place of learning, it can actually produce something that has depth. And that depth is what we're longing for. So the vertical gift and the joy that we as believers have with God should flow into the temporary pleasure of true friendship. That happiness should be a reflection of what God has done in us through his son. Beautiful is that. All right, last one. Last one. Is it why we need friendship? Because friendship shoulders the burden. Friendship shoulders the burden. Look at, look at uh, Philippians chapter one. And I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Like this calls us to perseverance in our faith. Listen, and you cannot persevere in your faith as a lone ranger Christian. 
We need community to do this. This is why the church is so important. Look at Hebrews chapter 3. This is why it's so important. But exhort one another every day, as long as it's called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. You cannot do this on your own. This is why grow groups are so important. It's why GCs are so important. I love gathering here. I love seeing you. I love checking in on you. I love seeing this. But where the work is done is when you're in that battle together, when you're sharing those burdens together. There's a story in Luke about this paralytic man who has these really awesome friends. And Jesus is healing people, and he has got a following at this point. He's in this house, and the house is just jam-packed, and they couldn't get in the door, right? And so what do they do? They walk up the stairs to the roof, and they cut a hole in the roof. I mean, I can imagine the scene, man. What is happening? And then they lower this dude down to the feet of Jesus. Like those, and Jesus was, Jesus heals this man. Like those friends shouldered the burden. And so often we want to complicate things because we want to be the definers of our own happiness. We want to try to fix things on our own. We want to do things in the dark so they never get brought to the light so people won't think different about us. They won't think less of us. And we take what is good and we twist it and distort it into something harmful. Like, listen, if God is the author and joy of happiness, and that is found in him alone, a true friend is going to come alongside and shoulder those burdens with us. He's gonna point, they're going to point us where we're robbing God. They're going to point us to where we're depending on ourselves. They're going to point us to where we're missing out on our true joy. And like, listen, if we're coming here on Tuesday nights and we're going to 14 other ministry things, Like the danger is that we can be around a lot of people. We can be around a bunch of people and maybe even experience some levels of real encouragement, but that deep longing for true friendship will be absent. Because the question is, like who are you gonna call when the bottom falls out of your life? Who are you gonna lean into who are you going to call, or other side, who are you going to call when you're celebrating? Who knows what you've been wrestling with and you get victory over that thing and you can rejoice together. Like, who is that? I think we can complicate friendships when we see ourselves as a burden to others. Or we just try to fix it on our own and we, we don't want to be that person in GC, we don't want a person with our friends that always shares our burden. Or we go the other way and we just become the person who's too dependent on other people to shoulder our burdens and we don't do any work of, on ourselves to walk away from it. And then we place these unrealistic expectations on our friends that they're not meant when we bail or we get frustrated and we shoulder that grudge and we leave. Like Galatians 6.2 says this. Do we have that verse? I can't remember if I put that up there. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. True friendship will bear with us. 
We're not meant to do this on our own. The best friendship you can give someone that's going through it is just presence sometimes. And not like just, not just like in a crowd of people, but that presence that's been earned by walking through hard things and just being there with them. Like that can sometimes be the shoulder, shouldering the burden that you need to do. Walking beside them. This is what God is calling us into, believer. He's calling us to reflect his image to other. True friendship will stay and fight alongside in the battle. True friendship says, I'm going to lay my burden out here and take the risk of vulnerability that I can walk in deeper levels of freedom and joy in the gospel. So listen, we hear somebody confess in GC or share some really hard stuff. We lean into them. We lean into their struggle. We stand in the gap and we pray really hard alongside them. When words aren't there and there's no quick fixes and there's nothing we can do, we just lean in all the more. Like some of you have heard my story. I came here almost 15 years ago. Well, not that long ago. I met Dusty almost 15 years ago. He's getting ready to plant this church. And I came here 10 years ago as a broken, beat up, burned out pastor. I didn't want to be in ministry. I didn't want to go to church. And Dusty on the phone stood in the gap with me. He said, hey, man. He said, come here and just let this place be a place of healing and just reflection on God's goodness. I was like, all right, man. I was going to work in a credit union like I was just anything that wasn't ministry. And when we moved back from Colorado, was, I don't think I could have imagined the impact that that conversation and this place and the people, you out there as well, have had. I wouldn't be standing here without it. No way. But God, in his grace, saw that fitting to bring me here. Because my friend was willing to stand in the gap. And listen, if you're here today and you're wrestling with this Jesus stuff and you've got a friend that just keeps pestering you about the gospel and you finally just came tonight and like a, 27 degree night like listen they're not calling you into some legalism thing they're calling you into this kind of fellowship like this is what the gospel has centered on the Christ has saved us to something like he has brought us from death to life He's inviting you into a life that is built on true joy and togetherness. That true friendship is an affection that has been forged between people as they have persevered in faith and in trust. And there are going to be times when you're going to have to fight for friendship. And there are going to be times when you're going to have to walk away from those relationships. And there's toxic friendships, there's codependent relationships. Like, I wish I could just spend some time there. But let me tell you this. Here's the thing. I can't break all that down right now. 
But here's what I can offer you, that there is a staff and a church and people in this room that want to help you navigate the complexities of this stuff. They want to help you seek wisdom and lean into that and lean into the gospel and let it drive you to simplicity and clear direction. And so we're going we're gonna to close and we're going to respond and worship here in a second. But before that, I just want to pastor you for a minute. Like, I love you enough that the Lord was just laying this on my heart as I was writing this a couple weeks ago that, listen, there are some of you here tonight that are in this room that you need to embody the gospel in your relationships. And you need to do it by reconciling with someone. I don't know who you are. I don't know where that is. I don't know what that is, but a room this size, there is all sorts of stories. And we can continue to walk in the complexity and try just to avoid people. We can continue walking in the complexities that come with just fear and anxiety when we see or, or we, can, we can embrace that knowing that Jesus has given us the confidence because of what he's done on the cross that I can go if you have been hurt or if I've been the one who's hurt. The inner space where the gospel compels you to trust in God. That that relationship that you need to work out is actually going to be for your good and his glory. Like, listen, there's some of you in here that have done that. You have walked into that space, and it is, it's freed you. And for some of you in here today, like, you need to receive the gospel. You're trying to do a bunch of morally good things and just be a better person. And listen, you have been running, placing your fulfillment in things that won't fulfill. You need to meet for the first time the friend of sinners. As 2 Corinthians 5 says, the one that became sin, that we might become the righteousness of Christ. And culture is going to try to define what friendship is. What you can do for me, I can't live without you. Or it's going to tell you that friendship is all about you. Friendship, true, life-giving, gospel-minded friendship will compel us. It will energize us. It will stretch us to love Jesus and to love the world well. And we can embody that here to a world and to your friends on the campus who don't know that. We can be sent from here with that guiding us. And so let's pray. And as you've got your head bowed and your eyes closed, I just want you to spend a minute. We run so hard. We've got places to be so often. We feel like we've just got to get to the next things just so often that and maybe tonight we just need to linger just for a second. You just need to ask the Spirit. For those of you that are believers in this room, man, man where are you leading me, God? How's the gospel stirring in you tonight? And for those of you that haven't placed your faith or trust in Jesus or you've placed in some form of cultural Christianity that's built around moralistic obligations, maybe tonight's night you're like, hey man, Jesus, I believe in this truth of this gospel. I believe that you came to save sinners like me and I put my trust and faith in you. That's as easy as it is. 
In a minute, we're going to stand and sing, but there's going to be people in the back that would love to pray with you tonight. They'd love to come alongside you. That you don't do this on your own, but you do it with people. And we'd love to take that first step with you as a staff. We love you. Father God, tonight we pray that as we enter into this time of response, Lord, that you would, through your spirit, God, compel us into the places of maybe uncomfortability or maybe joy and just to slow down and reflect on the friendships that we have and how they've breathed life into us and how they've been so good. And we can just give you the praise back for that. And maybe for those in here that are struggling in that, that God, the gospel would compel us to go where we need to go, to send that text, to meet up for coffee, to, to do the things that are hard for your glory and our good, that we can reflect your image to the world around us. God, will you do that in this place? And God, as we leave here, that, that people would see friendships, that the gospel actually gives us joy in this. And they'd be quick to ask. God, compel us to be missionaries for your gospel from this place. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you more than you'll ever know. I'm in your corner and for you. And that's why we take these things so seriously. And we love you and want to help walk beside you. But let's stand and let's sing to the God who has saved us and redeemed us.